great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter, but you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Download the 77 WABC app and coming up at 45 minutes past this hour, our Dominic Carter Cares segment. I have a lot to get to this morning. Before we get to all the other items, let's put on the table what happened in the Bronx just a few hours ago. Don't shoot the messenger. I am just the messenger. Mayor Adams unveiled $5.5 million in additional city funds for a hip-hop museum. That's a good thing. It's a good thing because the world has to know the history of hip-hop, rap, and the role that the Bronx played. It's a good thing. Then the mayor went a step further, declaring himself, and I want you to hear this for yourself, the hip-hop mayor. Don't disconnect this moment. First time in New York City history, we have a hip-hop mayor. (laughs) Dyslexic, arrested, rejected, now I'm elected. They don't know what they did. Mayor Adams in the Bronx. So a number of issues to get to. And I wanted to do this yesterday based on the Siena College uh, survey that came out, but time didn't permit for it. In the race for governor, Governor Hochul better tread very carefully in this election up against Lee Zeldin. Folks, I go on instincts, on feelings, and oftentimes uh, throughout history, or at least my history as a journalist, my instincts have proven to be dead-on accurate. And I've been having this feeling for a few weeks now that Hochul could lose the general election to Zeldin, if she is not careful. Sure, the Siena College survey came out yesterday showing Hoku up 14 points yesterday. But this, and I'll break down the numbers, she's doing very well in New York City, a 50-point lead amongst the core Democrats uh, in New York City. But amidst all of this, and it is an election year, the GOP is calling on the New York Democratic Attorney General, Letitia James, to investigate Hochul. The GOP is calling her, quote, this is a direct quote, kickback Kathy, amid Hochul's alleged pay-to-play claims. And on top of that, Hochul is taking heat for use of uh, taxpayer-funded aircraft to fly her, for, for the most part, back home, her hometown of Buffalo, at taxpayer expense. And so... The race for governor, I I just have a funny feeling 
that Lee Zeldin is not out of this thing. And if I'm Kathy Hochul's team, be very, very careful. Be very careful. So that's one of the stories we want to get to this morning. The next one breaks my heart. A sister says her brother's senseless death on the subway should have been a wake-up call for politicians. And I agree. I agree. You may recall, folks, Sunday, May 22nd. Seems like a headline that was a year ago. On to the next crime story. Daniel Enriquez, 48 years old, Goldman Sachs researcher, riding the Q train across the Manhattan Bridge when a man, he was going to brunch with a a friend, randomly shot him in the chest on the train and killed him. The suspect, Andrew Abdullah, is now in custody. He's in custody as it relates to this situation, and he's charged with murder. The man's sister, Griselda Vile, that's uh, Daniel Enrique's sister, she wrote an op-ed, a newspaper op-ed, and I just want to read a little bit of it uh, to you, in which she says, and it's for the New York Post, I always wonder, I'm quoting his sister, at what point will people begin to care about crime and gun violence with urgency? Will it only be if they are a victim of a crime? Or will they care because others had to face it? What has to happen to get the nation moving? Who has to die in order for change to occur? That's a sister that had to bury her 48-year-old brother who only attempted to ride the train on a Sunday morning to go to brunch with a friend. 1-800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And a follow-up. Follow up to last night, the young man accused of shooting the McDonald's worker over cold fries served to his mother now has also been charged with a 2020 murder, according to the NYPD. 20-year-old Michael Morgan is facing attempted murder and criminal possession of a weapon for Monday's fast food uh, shooting. But he's also been slapped with murder from an incident October 21st of 2020. Police say he allegedly killed another young man who died from three gunshot wounds in Bed-Stuy, not far from the McDonald's at the center of Monday's shooting. And so now we have the young man that was shot. We have the alleged suspect. We have the alleged suspect's 18-year-old girlfriend who's been arrested and charged with apparently uh, giving the boyfriend uh, the gun. And I see all of your telephone calls. We're about to start with them. But I want you to listen to what the girlfriend's grandmother has to say as it relates to this entire situation being over french fries. Take a listen. I think it would have been solved just in one if they would have just gave the lady some hot french fries and let her bend on her way. That would have been solved right there. She went back to them a second time for french fries, and they're going to give her french fries again. So, out of man, nobody goes in a restaurant wanting cold food when you're paying your money. And what they said, the girl was, they was laughing at the lady because she was telling them about the french fries. Why would they laugh at? Why didn't they just give her some hot french fries? That's why we go in there to spend our money. 
get hot food. And sometimes you go and eat restaurants, they just slap the food on the sandwich any kind of way. When you get home with it, it's, it's not like what you see on the sign. It's a sloppy sandwich, you know. And that's not what you're paying for. So give people what they ask for. If I want hot fries, I want some hot fries. I don't want cold fries. But it was me and me and the girl with all the understanding. I would have told her, you know, give me some hot fries or take these back. Give me my money back or I would have, we're going to call the police and try to squash this. All of this over hot french fries. 18-year-old girlfriend charged. 20-year-old uh, boyfriend charged with attempted murder. Young man shot. And now the suspect, according to the NYPD, fessed up to a murder from uh, 2020. And so th there's a lot to get to, and I also want to flush out uh, the the governor's race story and break down the poll that was um, that was released yesterday from Siena College. Again, Governor Hoku has a 14-point lead, but... I'm telling you, I just have this feeling that this race is far from over. Sometimes you just have to ignore the numbers and and look at what you're seeing, what you're what you're experiencing in terms of the contest and so on. So let's start with the uh, telephone calls uh, this morning. Let's see here. Let's uh, let's start with uh, with uh, Michael in New Jersey. Good morning, Michael, and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show. Yeah, good morning. Uh, yeah, I hate to say this, but your feelings are totally wrong. Hochul will win. There is nothing that can stop her. Whoever wins the city wins the state. Hochul has the city locked up. And, you know, unfortunately, 95% of minorities don't think the way you do. It would be fantastic if they did, but reality is, even though they scream, they don't want crime, they want more police protection, the good black people who don't commit these crimes continue to vote for these Democratic progressives who allow crime. So basically, 95% of black people, I hate to say it, talk out of both sides of their mouth. They say one thing, but when it comes to voting, they do the other. Hochul is a shoe-in. The Republican doesn't stand a chance. New York is finished. It'll turn into another Chicago, and then it'll eventually turn into Baltimore. Okay. It's a I hear you, Michael. But enough of the doom and gloom. Uh, first of all, you you have it's not it's not just one race that 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 as you say may talk out of um out of both sides of of their mouth. I have always felt, and I've said this. Many of you have heard me say this. I am not locked in with one political party because you are not going to take not this one vote. You are not going to take me for granted. Period. I'm a registered Republican, and that's why I'm a registered Republican. You will never take my vote for granted. You're going to earn it. And that's the way it should be for every race, for every elected official, from town supervisor to council member to mayor to Congress on up to the presidency. Thank you for the call, Michael. And uh, and and have a have a great morning to those of you that say the numbers are overwhelming for Hochul. Yes, right now they are. But you see, folks, I was around covering uh, Pataki when there were many people that said he was done. They said Pataki was done, and guess what? ABC, anybody but Cuomo. He came out of nowhere and won. It's possible. Is it likely? Probably not, but it's possible. And I don't know if Hoku's people are starting to take things for granted, but they they better they better wake up because if 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 Lee Zeldin can find a way. The conventional wisdom says the Republican has to get 30% of New York City, do very well in the suburbs, and then carry upstate. Okay, he's doing the, – the one thing that works against him is that uh, Kathy Hochul is from Buffalo, from upstate. 
but he's doing well in the suburbs, right? And upstate. The issue is New York City, where according to this Siena College poll, uh, uh, Governor Hochul has a 50-point lead in New York City. That's tough to overcome, but it's not impossible. Again, I was around with Pataki, and everyone said he was going to lose. The numbers were against him as well, and uh, Pataki won. Al in Yonkers, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Uh, Dominic, I wanted to say the Republicans uh, in the leadership uh, calling on Tish James, the uh, New York State Attorney General, to investigate the governor. I think it's basically a waste of time and it's pointless because I don't believe uh, Tish James is going to move on the governor, especially it being that they're from the same party. They're running on the same ticket, and it's an election year. Do you agree? Um, I I agree that that uh, that she probably won't uh, move on this. Uh, you're correct; they are on the same ticket, and um, you know maybe it won't happen. But I, with Letitia James as the Attorney General of the state, you never know. You never know. Now, conventional wisdom says absolutely it won't happen. But but we'll see. I just feel that the uh, Hoku campaign is starting to make a couple of mistakes. So let's let me just lay out and thank you, Al, for the uh, call. Let me just lay out um, one or two that's been um, in, in the headlines of the allegations. Millions in state business went to apparently medical answering services, which oversees Medicaid transportation services with $52,000 in donations linked to the company flowing to the Hoku campaign. That's according to the Post. Then, a COVID-19 rapid testing company apparently received 600 and $37 million in no-bid contracts. That's a big no-no once you say the words no-bid contracts. So in no-bid contracts, $637 million around the time that the family overseeing the company apparently gave Hoku $300,000 in campaign dollars, which has raised more than $34 million and her bid for a full term in office. Hoku has also raised eyebrows for accepting money from people seeking state support on efforts from renewing liquor licenses to redeveloping the Penn Station area and bringing a casino to the west side of Manhattan. Be careful, Governor. It's not a, it's not a done deal yet. Be careful, Governor. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Time for a break. When we come back, when we come back, we're going to Manhattan, Brooklyn, Long Island, Forest Hills, Suffolk County, and our friend Jennifer in Boston. We'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. They say this is a big, rich town. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back talking the race for New York governor, the situation at the McDonald's in Brooklyn on Fulton uh, Street over fries. The charge suspect has apparently based on what the NYPD is saying, fessed up to a prior murder. His girlfriend has been charged. It is a mess of a situation. Plus, we are discussing the uh, letter, the letter that the sister, the sister of Daniel Enrique, let's not forget him, 
the 48-year-old Goldman Sachs researcher riding the Q train across the Manhattan Bridge when a man randomly on the train shoots and kills him. The suspect in that case that's been charged with murder is uh, a, a man by the name of Andrew Abdullah. And we are taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Let's go to uh, Shia, Long Island. Good morning. Morning, Dominic. How are you? Good, good. Please go right ahead. Good. So I have to disagree with the previous caller regarding the, the governor race that um, that he believes that Hochul is going to win. Let me just tell you, number one, today's poll um, that shows that she's um, lo- um, leading by 14 points. I don't 100% believe it. Number two, not the whole state knows yet who Lee Zeldin is. He still has more time to campaign, which will build up momentum. You were talking about former Governor Pataki, who I was very friendly with. And my dad actually served in his administration with the, D- with the DOH board. I remember a night before the election, if I believe, I, I was a little kid, but I remember hearing from my dad that they had him losing as well, and he won. But the right. issue over here is not about – I don't believe the issue in New York State now is even about Republican, Democrat, right or left. Obviously, I'm a Republican. But the issue is over here, with, which he has to focus on, is crime and bill reform. People getting released every day in Manhattan. Look what the DA is doing. People shooting, getting away with it. People stealing from stores, getting out again and again a hundred times. And I don't believe – that even I believe that even Democrats are going to end up coming out and voting for these elders. I just don't believe the polls because New York State is a mess. People do not want to live like this anymore with crime in the streets and taxes rising and all this garbage that's taking place in the state. People had enough already. And well, you see, I, we had I, a big. You, you see, you're sorry. You see, we had a big red wave in Nassau County, which also yes, the polls. I'm that glad you brought that up. I, I forgot all about that. Blakeman, who's now okay. the county executive and the district attorney, you're, you're correct. No one saw for, that I coming. I work for the county executive, by the way. I work for county executive. Like, okay. I'm on his team, yeah. And no that was no one victory. saw Nobody that coming. it will happen. Right, right, right. And so, you know, folks, and, and you made some good points, and I, I thank you for the call. I, I hope you have a great morning. With the, uh, with the crime issue, with the crime issue, I told you folks before that with the race for governor, that Hochul would never move on Alvin Bragg, the district attorney, she cannot politically, not against the first African-American district attorney in Manhattan ever, her hands are completely tied. And so I I don't know if this is one of these situations where if you're hopeful for right now at our expense, she's got to hold her nose. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I am telling you folks that, you're, you're going to say to me, oh, Dominic, you, you know, what are you on? Because look at the numbers. It's a blowout. Look at the no- First of all, 14 percentage points is not a blowout. That's number one. Number two, all it takes is one or two incidents to totally turn around a situation. And when you factor in debates, we don't know if Hoku will stumble, but it's just it just doesn't feel like that that this election is a cakewalk for her and that's what it was supposed to be doesn't seem that way at all our friend stan in forest hills is going to disagree with me good morning to you stan that feeling you got is gas, you know? It's a little gas, my friend. Take a little uh, Tums. T-U-M-S. Tums, baby. And then that'll go away, you know? Oh, anyway, boy. Anyway, listen. <laughs> I got to make you laugh. You got to laugh a you, little. You did. You did, All right, Stan. Listen, go right ahead. Listen, uh, I think she'll win. It may not be by – well, that's, I got two things. She'll win, but not by – I think by eight, seven, eight points. Uh, crime will be an issue, but uh, – the key factor will be the addition of the abortion issue. Women will come out. This is a Democratic state. They don't want Zeldin in because of abortion. He will go the other way. He's he, he's toast. But it will be close. It will be close. Absolutely. I think You, you make close. a good point there on the abortion yeah, front. Absolutely. Now, the second thing, even more important, last night I asked you, you said nobody you could get, you could talk to a black uh, uh, politician who would admit <laughs> But that's not what I said, Stan. Well, okay, what ahead. I said was any major leader, because I know how they talk privately, but they can't say it publicly. That's what I said. You're right. I'm asking you, Dominic Carter, 
Forget talking to people like me or even the people that, 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 like that guy said you're talking to the mirror. I'd like you to get Gregory Meeks on this program. I'd like you to get Herb Boyd from the Amsterdam News, who knows this city as much as you. He's a journalist. You know Herb Boyd. I think he rates as well as you do. And get them on the show. And, and Congressman Meeks. And if you can't get a straight answer from them, then I'll agree with you 100%. Get these two people on. You know Gregory Meeks. With, 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 no, with no disrespect to uh, Congressman Meeks, do you know, Stan, a member of Congress that talks straight all the time? Because I, I, I don't know Meeks, one. Congressman Meeks, I think, does. I've heard. Hey, look, a a politician is a politician. But on the subject that you want to ask, he's got to respond. And Herb Boyd from the Amsterdam News knows this city and knows the black community as well as you do. And you're as good a journalist as he is. Get them on. If you can't get a straight answer from them, I will bow to you. But these are the two people I think you need to get on. I'm imploring you to get them on. And I think the discussion will be overwhelming. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, I I appreciate your call, Stan, and I will consider what you said uh, regarding uh, the congressman and uh, Mr. Boyd. Let's go to Kevin in Manhattan. Good morning, Kevin. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, Dominic. Thanks for taking my call. I got two things for you. Uh, The first one is why Hochul's going to win is because white women are not affected by crime. Because white neighborhoods, if you look at Manhattan, they're just super segregated. There's a, uh, white women are not impacted by crime, um, and they and they feel uh, safe. Uh, and Kevin, Kevin, other, I, I couldn't disagree with you more. I mean, Everybody I mean, is affected by crime and terribly afraid. But go ahead. No, violent crime, Dominic. White women are not affected by violent crime. There's no violence in my neighborhood. How could you I'm make the, such a broad statement like that, Kevin? Zero two one one zero zero two eight one. Yeah, see, yeah, that that that's that that's exactly what I thought. That that's exactly what I what I thought. Kevin, thank you uh, for the call. Let's go to uh, John in Brooklyn. Good morning, John. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Dominic, over a year ago, I attended a rally of parents supporting the school safety agents, and they wanted the agents working closely with the NYPD. Half of those protesting were blacks and Latinos. This was on the steps of Brooklyn Borough Hall. I think what we need to do is to be vigilant and tell organizations that are supporting defunding the police and defunding prisons to stop it. And I'm not only talking about the Brooklyn Book Festival. I'm also talking about the Schomburg Center at the New York Public Library. So and wait, 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 wait. I, I know what your allegation is with, with the uh, with the Brooklyn Book Festival, but what what's the allegation with Schomburg? Apparently, they've been supporting um, efforts at defunding the police too. So. I, okay, I, I don't know anything about that, John. Right. Um, it's a I mean, I, maybe not as strongly as either uh, Central Branch Brooklyn Public Library and the Brooklyn Book Festival have, but I think they've also been complicit. Okay. All right. Well, I, I have to take a look at that. But I do thank you uh, for the call, John, and have a great morning. Let's go up to Boston. Let's say good morning to our friend Jennifer. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Dominic. Thanks, as always, for the opportunity to speak. I appreciate your indulging me, especially my last couple of calls. I know I was long-winded, but I was heartbroken, and I appreciate very much the opportunity. Um, Quickly, just piggybacking on um, the officer I talked about the past couple of times, as you did last night, that wonderful young man, the 24-year-old cop in Indiana. I just wanted to say they gave him a vigil last night, and I just wanted to say how sad I I was to see that um, it was nice a few hundred people showed up, but there's close to 9,000 people living in that town. And of course, all the surrounding communities, his, his community where he grew up and went to school is right nearby. And I thought about it, Dominic, and I thought when one of these thugs gets shot by a cop because he's tried to, he's fought the cop and he's reached for his taser or he's reaching in his car to get a knife or 
whatever he's doing, you know, you can name, name the, name the thug, you know what I mean? And then name the, the cop that's gotten in trouble because of it. Um, or, or people want the cop to get in trouble because of it, whichever the case may be. And you get thousands of people to fill the street on behalf of this person that chose their own path, created their own destiny. You know what I mean? And yet you get a man that's done nothing but good with his life from the day he turned 18, served five years of the Army, this officer, and then 11 months on the police force. And people are, what, too busy sitting home, having a glass of wine, watching a ball game. What are they doing that they can't take an hour from their night to go to this vigil for this man? But thousands will show up on behalf of a thug that got himself shot or whatever. To me, it just spoke volumes. It says exactly where we are as a society. And I look around the town where I grew up, Dominic, it's south of Boston. We have a house house on the market right now, not my house, but a house down, you know, about a mile away for $7 million. There's plenty of $5 million. It's a lot of money in this town, okay? Okay. And the reason I'm saying that, the reason I'm saying that is it's filled with Black Lives Matter signs and flags and LGBTQ flags. And you know what there's not a lot of? There's, there's some, but there's not nearly as many as American flags. And I, I just... I just think that we and these people in this town guarantee you, Dominic, I, I told you my last call, we had a, an African-American girl used to summer with us every year and uh, from the inner city. And I, I know that you don't see people around these people with these Black Lives Matter signs. They don't have they, it's all a joke. You know what I mean? It's all about feeling good and doing the right thing. And and they're the ones that are just it, it just. It just rips me up because the only beat black or brown people they're around are the people that are doing, you know, work on their, you know, multi-million dollar home. And they just think they're so about it just makes me crazy. It's like it's so disingenuous. It's it's like, what are they doing? And they're voting for these people and these policies like you're talking about Kathy Hochul these are the people that voted for Joe Biden. And they're the ones that are destroying our country. And they're so privileged, like I said, and they count on on the people that are willing to put it all on the line, and yet they're the ones throwing it all away. And I'm probably talking in a circle. It just makes me crazy. I was just driving around today and just looking at all these signs and flags, and yet the American flag, the one that, you, you know, was supposed to be the United States. And the same thing with abortion. Oh, these suburban women that are all pro-abortion with their, well, they're all driving around with their little kids. But they're all pro-abortion, you know. If they would, re, you know, unite more around life and doing what's right for the living, I think we'd be a lot better off. Anyway, thank you for hearing well, me as always. Jennifer, of course, thank thank you for the call. And uh, and part of the uh, part of the problem lies in the fact of the power of the media. The media has told America that all the alleged victims are worthy of the coverage and not the people that protect us day in, day out, that literally give their lives the police. And until we can get a a handle on this, this will continue. This will continue. And a few of us, like Jennifer, are going to be pulling our hair out. It's the world that we live in. And, for example, out of Brooklyn Center, uh, Minnesota, that I know will sound familiar to you folks because that's where Dante uh, Wright, his vehicle was uh, stopped when he was fatally shot by police in a Minneapolis uh, suburb last year. I guess I shouldn't be surprised at this, but I am. The woman that was in the vehicle with Dante Wright is now suing the city and the former officer who killed him. So Officer Kim Potter is not only in jail for a mistake, she is being sued and the... uh, the city, by the woman, and of course, Officer Potter is the uh, woman who said she mistook mistook her uh, firearm for her taser. We've all seen the video. 
So now the woman that was involved in that, that was in the car with Dante Wright as he tried to flee the scene, she's suing. And what do you bet, folks? What do you want to bet the city is going to settle the suit? What do you want to bet? For a couple of million dollars, my prediction, the city is going to settle the suit. Let's go to uh, Dave in L.A. Good morning, Dave. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I hope the Republican strategists are listening. I want to tell you the message to defeat Kathy Hochul. But first, I'd like to say it's going to be extremely challenging because Democrats are so brainwashed that any problem in New York, they blame on Republicans. They've just been brainwashed and conditioned. You could say, well, crime. Well, that's because Republicans, this Donald Trump's Republican. You're not going to get Democrats to vote for a Republican. But here's how she should be attacked. Kathy Hochul was not elected to office. She was appointed and immediately turned state of New York into her own private fiefdom for self-enrichment. You work hard every day and are barely keeping up with inflation while Kathy Hochul is taking a, a government plane for a personal trip to fly to Buffalo. She built a stadium that she approved and gave her husband the concessions contract. They call her Kickback Kathy. Don't vote to put Kathy Hochul in office to use New York City as her personal fight for self-enrichment while you have to work hard and she does nothing. Well, That's the only thing you can say. Well, Dave, I, I thank you for the call. But, but again, you know, the numbers are still very much uh, in her favor. Thank you, Dave, and have a great day. The numbers in particular coming out of New York City She's got a 50-point lead. If if Lee Zeldin can find a way to crack into that 50% and pull 30% out of New York City and, and perform well at a debate or debates, it could be a game changer. I am just saying to you folks, I don't care what the numbers say. I am telling you this race is not over, not over. Bonnie in Manhattan, good morning. And, folks, let me say this. Coming up, we're about to take a break, uh, and then I'll have my Dominic Carter care segment. And, of course, coming up at the top of the hour, he's all set and ready to go. Curtis Sliwa in for Frank Marano, the other side of midnight. But first, let's go to Bonnie in Manhattan. Good morning, Bonnie. Hi, Dominic. It's so nice to speak with you again. And um, I just want to relay a little message to Jennifer in Boston, who, when she calls, it's such a pleasure to hear her and also Jacqueline from Brooklyn. Great callers. I know what happens in uh, these upscale white neighborhoods with multimillion-dollar homes when they have the Black Lives Matter, uh, um, sorry, signs in their yard. Last summer, I was in Westchester County, and as you know, Westchester, very expensive homes in some of the best areas. They're multimillion-dollar homes. Driving with a friend, every one of those luxurious mansions had a Black Lives Matter sign on their front lawn. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I thought, well, they're all white people living here for sure. They're all rich people living here for sure. What's going on? So I called a friend the next day who happens to live in Westchester. And she said to me, oh, she said, Black Lives Matter, the, the gang came around in a van and knocked on the front doors and said, can we please put this sign in your front yard? And, of course, what are you going to do? Are you going to refuse? So you look and you say, well, no, all right, go ahead then. And they said, well, in order to do that, you have to give us a $500 donation. And these white women, <laughs> these Karens, as they like to call them, in Westchester County, they're terrified of these people. They, of course, put it up there. And, of course, they gave them the $500 uh, donation because they don't want their homes to be vandalized or burned to the ground. What choice do they have, Dominic? What choice did they have? So I hope Jennifer is still listening. And uh, don't think that the people in those areas care or or support Black Lives Matter because they don't. They put those signs up out of being bullied into doing it and out of fear. And that's well, my answer for Jennifer. Okay, well, Bonnie, I thank you for the call, and I want you to have a great morning. All I want to do is say this, because I try not to use this term, the term uh, Karen. 
I feel it's being used in a very bad derogatory way. And I, I don't think if someone's name is Karen, that's one thing. But we know what's being alluded to when 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 that term is used. And so just for me on a personal level, I don't like using the term um, because there could be terms that could be used against African-Americans, against Latinos, against Asians. Dominic Asian-Americans, Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Time for a break. When we come back, more of your telephone calls, the Dominic Carter Care segment, and coming up at the top of the hour, Curtis Lee in for Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. WABC. Highlighting stories that hit close to home, from your borough to your dinner table. This is Carter Cares. This morning, I'm thinking about the victims, the people that lost their lives in suburban Chicago at that parade. I know you remember what happened, folks. It seems like uh, like a lot these days. Here today, gone tomorrow. Next funeral, keep going, next, next headline. No, I, I, I remember the victims. The man accused of killing seven people and wounding dozens more in that shooting at a July 4th parade in suburban Chicago pleaded not guilty Wednesday, a week after prosecutors announced he faces 117 felony counts in the attack. Robert Cremo, and I still think his father should be criminally charged, appeared for a brief hearing Wednesday in court to enter a formal plea to the charges. 21 counts of first-degree murder, 48 counts of attempted murder, and other charges. Uh, Cremo wore a a COVID-19 face mask uh, uh, during the uh, 10-minute arraignment and uh, repeatedly told the judge that he understands the charges and potential penalties he faces, including uh, life imprisonment. And as he made his way uh, into the courtroom, chains were around his uh, ankles, jangling, uh, and several relatives and friends of at least one victim turned to look at him from across the room, some keeping their eyes fixed on him throughout the hearing. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Coming up at the top of the hour, he's all excited and ready to go. Curtis Slewa in for Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. I am taking your telephone calls. Let's go to John in Manhattan. Good morning, John. What's on your mind? Hey, Curtis. Um, I'm sorry, Dominic. Dominic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I it's think, okay. It's I'm, okay. I'm sorry, Dominic. Listen, it's late. I, I think you misunderstood a previous caller who was pointing out that women are voting for Hochul because she's a woman. And and they do not feel the the white women. He was saying the white women do not feel impacted by violent crime. I don't think if you understood. I'm not sure if you understood what he was saying. There isn't violent crime in white neighborhoods, and blacks are not yeah. rented to in white neighborhoods. Like if you look at the if you look at the east side and west side of Manhattan, you can look at the charts. It's the most so so. Wait wait John uh, John, John John. Let me. I want to make sure I got this right here. Yeah. Okay? So you're telling me, just like the last caller, that yeah. you can speak for white women and you know that they're not fearful. Yeah, I can answer that. If Christina Yuna Lee, that Chinese woman in, in Chinatown who was stabbed 40 times, if mm-hmm. she was white, that would have been the catalyst. That would have been the turning point for cash bail. But she, she was Asian, and Asians fall through the cracks, Dominic. And that's why they built 18 shelters a week in Chinatown, because they nobody cares about Asians, Dominic. So, you know, but what I'm saying is the crime does not impact Well, well, well white wait, 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 John. I care. The violence, I care I'm greatly about, about Asians. I care no, greatly I'm, I'm about Asian crime. Americans. It, and I think for all these monsters that attack them, they need to be put under the jail. 
So I thank you for the call, John, but I'm, I'm a bit done this morning with these broad general comments about particular groups of, uh, of people. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Good morning, Larry. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning. Well, Dominic, it looks like I was right about this uh, kid, this McDonald's shooter last night. Um, you know, you have to stop saying that it's a, that it was about French fries because obviously it was just about killing somebody because he did it before. And also, the point is this. So mother, wait, 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 yeah. wait, Larry. So wait, what makes you right? I'm I'm confused here. Makes me right. Oh, because last night I uh, criticized you for saying that that uh, uh, that you, you said this kid's life was in jeopardy, and I had him pegged as I, I didn't a, say an Larry, 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 yeah. Larry, are you drinking something? No. It, 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 I, I would never say that his life was in jeopardy. Where are you getting these words from? Okay, so okay, it was a misunderstanding, okay? But you did sell you did say that there was a self-defense issue. Okay, so that I did highlighted not. I did not. I did not. The, Larry, it, listen. Yep. If you're going to attribute something to me, you got to have the, the – I'm a journalist, so I'm going to come right back at you if you don't have your facts straight. And, yes, and, I, but as, please, as make your, please make your general point because it was over French fries. I guarantee right. you if you interview the suspect, he will say he was defending his mother's honor. No, I'm not saying it's me, right. It, it, I'm telling you what he not, would probably say. Well, it could have been over anything. It could have been over a pair of pants that didn't fit. The point is, this guy had killed before. He was looking for an excuse so, so to because, kill again. So because you killed his, before, that means you're definitely going to kill again. That's what you're telling me. Not definitely, but this guy obviously was a killer. And his mother, what mother doesn't understand his son? When his mother called him down and got him involved in the fight, she may have known that this guy, she probably knew he had a penchant for violence. And there has to be a law in New York City that if you do anything that incites violence or gang-related activity, you lose your free housing in the housing projects. Why are we giving these people free housing in manicured playgrounds and everything so they can go out and kill people? That's what's going on, and nobody brings that out that point. Put them in a homeless shelter. See how many murders they commit if they have to struggle to survive. I'm not, I'm, Larry, I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad idea, but you already yeah. know the civil liberties lawyers, when they were done with this type of uh, argument, we'd be right back in the situation where we are now. So so I, I am not aware of the fact. Two things. One, I didn't know that they do live in public housing. Is that what you know definitively? One. And two, having grown up in public housing, I have never seen a manicured lawn in public housing. Well, I know they have nets on the baskets now. They never used to have that. Have that. But as far as the civil liberties unions go, we have to come to regard if we're going to move from the point we are now to any 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 positive um, move, we're going to have to see the civil liberties unions and organizations and legal aid as our adversaries. These are civil terrorist organizations that are looking to destroy society. We have to regard them as such. We see how the ACLU has changed. Now they don't even advocate free speech. They advocate the opposite of free speech. So they show their true, these civil liberties show their true colors. We have to, we have to marginalize them and ostracize them. Okay. Well, Kevin, I, I thank you for your call. Larry, 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 I'm sorry. I'm about to go to Kevin uh, Kevin, who joined us at the softball game on uh, on Saturday, and things didn't uh, end too well. How are you? Good, good. I'm feeling all right. Uh, my uh, mouth is still kind of messed up, you know. Oh, but, boy. Uh, yeah, I went in. I spent uh, about five hours in the hospital on Staten Island, my wife and myself, and uh, by the time I got home, it was late in the, late in the morning. I was listening to Curtis on the way home. Then uh, last couple of days, the dentist, and then back to a, a surgeon to, yesterday. They said I have to go in uh, the following week. I have to go in, and they're going to remove my front teeth and give me uh, artificial uh, fake fake front teeth. And uh, my shoulder's kind of messed up. How are you doing? Oh, I want to thank everybody over at ABC for uh, their good good calls and everything else, Dom. 
know? Well, Kevin, we, we wish you the best. <laughs> Kevin joined us for the softball game and, um, and uh, things didn't uh, end so well in terms of the end of the game, a, a line shot. Um, but but you're hanging in there. I'm hanging in there, Dom, and I want to thank everybody for the calls and the texts and everything. So just spread the word, and I'm hanging in there. Okay, I'm back to work tonight. I was off the last couple nights. Back tonight, tomorrow, and then um, I'm off. You know, next week I got a lot of things lined up to do. So, but I'm hanging in there, and I want to thank John and everybody else for the nice texts and the phone calls. Okay. Well, best best of wishes to you, Kevin, and and we hope everything right. works out. We look forward to seeing you again in the near future. Thank you for the call. Definitely. All right. Thank you, Tom. It was great. Thank you. Okay. Let's go to Joe. Joe in New York. Good morning, Joe. What's on your mind? Hello, Dominic, and I had the pleasure of meeting you over in Pomona. But I'm not going to say where. Um, I worked at McDonald's, and McDonald's have infrared lights that keep the French fries warm at a certain degree. And that is their protocol. That's back in the day, back when they had bun caramelizers, when we used to fry the hamburgers. It wasn't put through like a microwave or whatever, but everything had to maintain a certain temperature. So What's being said, I highly doubt what's going on. And I'm going to leave it at that, and I would like to hear your response. Well, well, wait, Thank wait, you, Dominic. Joe, I, wait, Joe, I, I've been to McDonald's and, and, and had fries that were disgusting and, and cold. What, why is that? Because they're under an infrared light. If you ever take a look at the light, it's infrared. You know, we go from infrared to ultraviolet, but it's infrared. So that's that light is supposed to keep the fries at, um, I think it's 120 degrees, if I'm not mistaken. But that's back in the day. But McDonald's changed everything. And, you know, I, I think Curtis could, like, even, like, say that he would agree with me. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have, like, they don't cook the burgers like they did. Hey, hey, Joe, I, I, I'm out of time, but I but I do thank you uh, for the call. And I see one of the other callers, Mike in Queens. I'm sorry, Mike, I can't get to you right now uh, because I'm out of time. But you can keep it right there. You can call my colleague who's coming up. He's all excited, as always, ready to go. Curtis Lewa in for Frank Morano and the other side of midnight. I will be back tomorrow. Talk Radio 77 WABC.